Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. But moving right along, um, in terms of getting to know each other, haircuts by Harold, Sweeney Todd, Harold Yabbit, the man hosting the show at his barber shop. What's up, H? Twenty three hundred Contra Costa Boulevard, Suite one hundred five, Pleasant Hill, nine four five six five. No, no, that's not right. Jesus. Oh, good Lord. You gave Pittsburgh a code, man. 94597. 94523. Is it 5223? 94523? Even yeah, at his I, most casual. I don't know. I agree. He got that LA look right now. He I was does. talking about that earlier. Yeah. He does. Man. Yup. Mm-hmm. That's that fast and furious look. He does hey, have hey. that. Second half, not bottom half. <laughs> what is it though? Is it the is it the hats? Is it the I think full it's, it's full it's ensemble. Is it full ensemble? It's is it full the thoughtfulness? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got a question for you. How much time how much do you plan your outfits? That's a good question. You know, I used to take a lot of time before. Um, when I was working in Berkeley with uh, Mark, shout out Mark Jason Salofa. Uh, he's out in Berkeley. Um, but yeah, that guy just, he was always fitted. So I always felt like I had to match that energy. So then for a while, yeah, I was being really thoughtful. After a while, it was just second nature. Now it's like, I'll just throw that on, throw that on, see if it works. If it doesn't, who's going to say anything? I work by myself, right? So, so you're saying I don't, I don't really give a lot of thought anymore. But you're saying your style was kind of influenced early in your barber days in terms of like when you come to the shop. Well, the first shop I was at in um, Burlingame, it was very casual. You wore whatever. I wore a lot of sneakers back then. Um, had that sporty look. Uh, but then when I interviewed uh, with Mark in Berkeley, saw a different side of barbering, right? Even the first day I met him, um, the barbers used to have this uh, get-together. This It was called BABB, the Bay Area Barber Brotherhood. We had these meetings out at Black and Gold out in uh, Daly City. And the first time I saw him, um, one, he's fucking like six something. He, he's fucking tall as shit. And then he's dressed totally different from everybody else. Everybody had like pretty similar style of dressing, kind of sporty, very casual. He had a button up. I think it uh, he had a button up flannel. He had a little bit of hair at the time, uh, side part. Then he had the curled mustache, and he just stood out like a sore thumb. But Elmer's it, glue. 
<laughs> you get I, so I don't I don't know what he used for his mustache. Uh, we'll get back to that the Elmer's glue in a second. But yeah, he just he stood out from everybody else. And your first thought when you saw that was I didn't know barbers dressed like that. I didn't know there was barbershops that carried themselves that way. Um, just had that type of style. And then when we moved out to Pittsburgh, I was looking at shops. All the shops were pretty much the same, right? And I was like, I can't work out here. So I continued to commute. Then he posted on his Instagram that he was hiring, and I was like, oh, shit, let me try. So when I interviewed, um, I had to come dress because if I came dressed the way that I was normally dressed in Burlingame, I was like, hell no. He would have looked at me like, you are not going to fit this shop. You had to come correct. I had to come correct. And then and, yeah. <clears throat> but I also got a sense of style from my dad. My dad always dressed pretty well. And my older brother, who I looked up to a lot, he also uh, had some good style. So I always tried to dress like both of them. Mm-hmm. But I had my own... Yeah, yeah. Add my own style to it. Because, yeah. He used to... Nell used to give me a hard time all the time so instead of giving them ammo I was like alright let me just try to keep up yeah and so keeping up it was like it became second nature to just try and stay fitted in some kind of way so then when I went to Mark's it was like yeah this is it wasn't like I was changing it was that was me just a little more right right out of you yeah yeah so when the experience with Mark and then now like you that you've established your own shop and because uh, I feel like you kind of have your own style too like dress wise yeah like, I feel like how I much feel, is that I was going to say uh, to jump on that before you yeah. I, sorry to finish your question I feel like that makes his brand right yeah yeah do you feel like that's part of your brand yeah definitely um, and I don't think it's anything that's forced it's just something that's always been there and Mark helped me bring it out, right? And just make it a brand. Because he, in my eyes, became one of the first people to introduce branding and become a brand himself. And then he was teaching me how to do it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to run with it. And that's all I did. I just, I ran with it. Can you speak to us about your business model? You know, taking the brand into consideration your pricing um, because I have my own thoughts on that but but really for me when I think about your business model you're not you're not a barbershop you're a, you're like a dad bod day spa experience because it is an experience it's, it's an hour of full attention but if you could answer that for me so in Burlingame or actually I'll even go back to even Barber College uh, my first instructor taught us about speed. You got to get them in, get them out, because the more heads you cut, the more you're going to make, right? But before I even went to Barber College, cutting out of my garage, it was just something I fell in love with because I liked hanging out. I liked cutting, having conversation, seeing the end result, and seeing how that person felt after I was done 
with their hair. What right. were you doing? That? So it was like a like you like the connection with the people. I love the connection. Right. That it was always about the connection for me. Then in Burlingame, it became about the hustle, right? Because after that's what I learned in school. So because of what I learned in school, I brought it to to Burlingame in that first shop. But as I'm sitting there watching all these seasoned barbers that were there, I was like none of these dudes are having any type of conversation. They're just like machines, right? They're fucking cutting. Some of them will have conversation, right? But none of them were cutting longer than 30 minutes, right? It was like, you're in, you're out, quick conversation, on to the next, right? So I'm like, how do I even get somebody to sit in my chair and want to come back to me so i was like fuck this i'm gonna have a conversation so yeah you know my first few haircuts i was taking longer than they were but i was building a relationship with my clients then i started doing appointments in the first half of my day but even with those appointments it was still cut down to half an hour um and then afterwards it was all walk-ins and then it was just fucking quick 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 because the line would just be crazy right and you don't leave until you're done with the last head anyways this is at the uh, at the Burlingame spot it was supposed to be just half hour only at the no it's that's not supposed to be but that's like your mentality because you're just trying to make money you're just trying to hustle okay they're selling for volume yeah okay. it, it's it's uh, uh, quantity over quality a lot of walk-ins okay. too, yeah right? yeah and then uh after a while yeah, you get used to the money. You're you're like you fall in love with that, but after a while, it's like this is a fucking job. And I didn't go into this as a fucking job. I went into this strictly for the love of building a relationship and cutting hair, right? But when it started to feel like a job, I was like fucking just losing that passion. Right? I didn't even want to do it anymore. Were you doing anything else at the time? Working like any other jobs? Before before barbering, yeah, I was at the at the hospital. I used to be uh I, I did admin work, worked for the surgery center. And then before um the hospital, I worked at FedEx for about six years. It's crazy I still remember my employee number. Um but yeah. Sixty nine, sixty nine? Yeah. No, three six zero one six five. Holy crap. Yeah, if you wow. say that to somebody in FedEx, they're going to be like, damn, that's a pretty low, a low number. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know what their employee number is now, but anyways, that, that was mine. I still remember that. Anyways. You, you were working that job, though, or these jobs, and also barbering? Yeah, I was cutting and on cutting, the side. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do it. I wanted to jump into it a long time ago, but uh, my previous partner said uh, I wasn't going to put food on the table. Don't quit your day job. You got good benefits. It's steady. Stick with that. But if you want to continue doing haircuts on the side, just go ahead and do it. So I did. I just kept doing it. But everybody was telling me, dude, you should go after it. You should get your license. And then... Um, Why were they telling you that? They thought I it, I could do it. They, they were happy with the product. Um, they enjoyed the time that we, we would have uh, while I was cutting their hair. And... They thought I could excel in it. I, I thought it would have been a good idea at the time. But, you know, I was married young. And there's that saying, happy wife, happy life. 
So what did I do? Fucking shelved it, right? Put it in the back burner. Because what was more important? Keeping a happy marriage or trying to fight to start something new? It's like, I just wanted to keep the peace. So when did the brainstorming for the current model come into play? When I went to Mark's, um, he relit that flame. Like, I fell in love with what I was doing again because he taught me how to slow things down, give them the experience, right? Um, it's, it is what I thought it was. It's about building relationships. The people that want to go to you are going to come to you. And the ones that just want a haircut are just going to go and get a haircut. There's plenty of barbers out there. Way better than what I could do. But I'm going to build a relationship with you. And I'm going to be more than just a barber to you. What, why, do you why do you think... What is it about you that makes people loyal? Why do you think people come back to you specifically like I have my own take on why I enjoy coming to your shop but like do you know what it is that you do so well I I, honestly uh, my wife and I argue about this all the time but I think it's because I stay true to me I don't try to be anybody else Um, I'm an open book I'm going to tell you things that I'm not supposed to share with you but because I feel like we've built that relationship that's what it is. We have a relationship, not just an interaction. They confide in you, so you confide in them as well. Exactly. So what is the argument? I shouldn't be sharing. That, that you're oversharing. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, what Dino just asked is, is important because it's people don't just follow. They're coming. They don't just come back to you. They've followed you. They've followed you from shop to shop. Yeah, like Bobby was like, yo, I was over there in Lafayette, right? Yeah. You know, like he's been with you for how many years? Like people have been with you. Like what's the longest tenured client or customer that you've got? Oh, man. I would have to say... um, Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. My my boy Kyle uh, in Burlingame, he followed me. Like at first when I I got to Burlingame, when I, I started at that shop, he didn't sit in my chair. He sat in somebody else's chair, right? Um, shout out to my boy Emilio. He used to sit in Emilio's chair because his dad was uh, sitting in Emilio's chair. Kyle's dad. Um, and then he came in. I didn't have an appointment. I was just I was available. He sat in my chair. We got to talking, and we built a relationship. And then. From that point on, he would just wait and sit in my chair anytime he came back into the shop. And then when I went to Berkeley, he followed me to Berkeley. When I went to Lafayette, he followed me to Lafayette. When we had to shut down, he came to the house. Yeah, he's uh, my longest and uh, very loyal. I consider him a, a good friend. What's his name again? Kyle. Shout, Shout out, out Kyle. Kyle. Shout out Kyle. Hey, Kyle, keep coming back. Yeah. Or else. <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah. Kyle going to hear the yellow man segment? <laughs> Is it Kyle Kyle's going to hear the yellow <laughs> <laughs> But um, what about 
What's the future? What future plans do you have? What uh, What's your second half for Haircuts by Harold? So my second half, uh, I want to get the chair you're sitting in fixed, right? Um, I'm working on that. And I want to get somebody in here. Someone that fits, though. It's not just somebody that's going to come in here and cut hair, but someone that not only connects with me, but will connect to everybody, right? Build a relationship with everybody that I have a relationship with. I, I just... When it runs that deep, just like you guys, right? You guys have a relationship that runs deep. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been together for years. And I've been lucky enough to be a part of it the last couple years. And to what you said before, it's like I've always been here. Even though I haven't, I, I do now feel like, and yeah, in some ways I have been here. But, yeah, for me, it's all about having that deep relationship. Connecting with people. That's just and and, and that's what being true draws to everyone to this space. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just keep doing it. You got it. Yeah. Right on. When did you realize like that you had that gift or that ability to connect with people? Um maybe even outside of actual barbering, to be honest with you. And then yeah, just personally. And then in the barbering world, when did you realize that that wow, this could be like a business? Or I could build a brand or, you know, people like me. They want to come see me and travel around the bay with me, right? So, oddly enough, growing up, I was pretty introverted, right? I I was shy. I wouldn't talk to you unless you talked to me first. Um, yeah, even when I met you, I had to get introduced to you. It's not like I said, hey, what's up, man? I'm Harold, right? Same with Peaches. Same with even Ryan. Not with me. I had to get introduced to you. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't just say, hey, what's up? You know? Um, you didn't do the the head knock? Oh, I did. <laughs> but even with that, it, I didn't follow up with conversation. So it was something that was always inside of me. And then once I brought it out, I just wanted to keep it outside, right? And just leave it. And this is who I really am. Uh, I, I would say I get it from my dad. My dad is a pretty social person. Um, very friendly. He could get pretty talkative. And that's how I I think I've always been. And just wanted to be that person. Yeah, let's go back to I don't recollect that, dude. I, I actually recollect you being a, a very smiley, welcoming person who came up and Maybe you didn't initiate in full conversation, but yeah, actually, I did. You, that's the thing. I you didn't did exchange pleasantries of, at least, right? Which you know, when you're fifteen, sixteen, that's 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 a lot. Already. Yeah, I would always be welcoming, right? I would have like uh, a smile. I, I never mean mugged. I wasn't. That was never me. Yeah, but I always wanted to be a welcoming face, right? Like, yeah, you could say, you could talk to me, you could say hi to me. I'm not going to be one of those people that is not going to respond to you. Because growing up, we saw a lot of those, right? That's all we saw. Yeah, because if you were considered soft, what happened? You got picked on. And I didn't care. I mean, I got picked on by my by my brother, my older cousins. I was the youngest one at the time. So Damn Nino. <laughs> oh, he didn't really have to experience that, but, you know, because we're 14 years apart. But yeah, I was the youngest one, and I... I you know, you you get bullied by all right. the uh, the older ones, right? I 
and because of what I experienced, I didn't want that to happen to anybody else. So, so it sounds like you kind of realize that, like going through high school, coming out of high school, like even though you might not have been like a full extrovert, at least in engaging people initially, you're always pleasant to be around. You know, able to maintain relationships, like keep it a good mood, and then like that just continued into your twenties, and then obviously when you that I mean that sound that sound right or kind of. So my first relationship, I don't even care if she this ever gets back to her because she really cut a lot of shit off. For some reason, it was like I couldn't have that many relationships. Like I always had to be focused on her and the family. That's why when you guys would see me, uh, fucking home base, I was fucking wilding, right? Because I was like, "Oh shit, I'm fucking out. I want to be out." Oh yeah. It was just it was bottled up. So you focus a lot of energy on her, but then when you had an opportunity to, you know, yeah, you now I just want this to be yeah. to be out. That's when you found. That's when you found yourself. <laughs> yeah. My stuff was always here. It's just yeah. I. Finally gets a release. Well, I mean, like he said, he, he got married early. Yeah. Started yeah. family early, so. That was. That, that kind of leads to this this question I was going to ask you, which is a really loaded question. And I prefaced that because I said I wouldn't ask loaded questions. But to me, you got married early, had kids early, and then now you are, you know, married again. You have a great relationship. Six kids total. But it's almost like you... We talk about the the title of the show being called the second half, and this might be a reach, but you're almost on your third half, right? Or your or the the third segment. There's no third half of of your life right now. So, can you speak to us about that growth, and then additionally, why this show is important for you? So, the growth, uh, I give a lot of credit to my wife now, Regina. Um, she's helped me grow a lot. Um, being young, being with one person for a good early part of my life, what, 14 years of my life, not knowing anything but that. And then meeting her, seeing a different side of life and what life was, to me, what life is really about. Um, she definitely helped me grow a lot. And for this part of my life, the show, I just, uh, like, being a part of this group, this is the group that I've been searching for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I've always admired your guys' relationships because man, you guys have been at each other's weddings. You guys have been at the births of each other's kids. You guys have spent holidays together. You guys have done a lot, right? And I haven't experienced that because the good part of my early days, I was already married. I had my kids and I had to focus on that because I wasn't, quote-unquote, allowed to have outside relationships unless it involved my family. But to have this brotherhood here, um, 
my wife knows this means a lot to me because it means a lot to us and you know you guys are you guys are family to me so no matter what direction this show goes the fact that I get to see you guys and produce anything on a week to week basis whatever how many times we get together I, I look forward to it and I just want to keep this going as long as we can. And you always are you trying to make us, Are you trying yeah. to make us cry? He's always trying to dream. Are you trying to get a tear it's out of It's that R and B music. Yeah. What song should have been playing as he like something really you know emotionally jarred? I heard. Oh my life, a prick for someone <laughs> like you. That's what I heard. As he was saying, oh, did you get those goosebumps? Did you experience it? I almost got some free songs right there. I got Hey, for you know, you touched me. As long as you guys have known me, you know I get, <laughs> I get emotional. I'm a pretty emotional person. Oh, and, Carl you know, Thomas. got it. You guys have been there. I mean, especially the last few years, you guys have been with me. To, to, yeah, to experience all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. you you touched on it earlier and we could close off with this, but um uh I did say that to you that it feels like you've always been there. And it's funny because I, I remember catching myself a couple of times. I was actually sharing a story and it wasn't until after I told the story I realized, oh shit. You weren't there. <laughs> but that's how much ground and time we've made up. Um, and for me, I think I have a different connection, right? Because I, I actually did meet you a lot younger, and you know we've got to travel a few times on some teams. Um, so you've always looked out for me, and I was a goofball and didn't have my head on straight. Not that I do now, but Still you know. yeah. But uh, I, I really, honestly feel just as much as you said this is the group that you were searching for. I think this group really needed you. Right? That's true. Yeah. Um, gelling us together because really you've, you've gelled us together for the last few years since you've come come aboard so uh, yeah. that that isn't not recognized and I think we all appreciate that uh, you might say I'm the gel but I, I, I would think that you're the glue um, I, I think you do a lot to keep us together I mean really you're going to one up Dino, the gel you're going to one up the gel I am, with the because glue because Dino and I were talking about this he was stronger gel he went to glue. Elmer's he went to Elmer's glue actually he said Elmer's glue, glue I should have said Elmer's I should have said Elmer's but we were talking about this with Bobby right yeah. like how did this show even come about yeah 100% it was you man you, you, you know we thought you were relaunching you know, subjectively, subjectively speaking. Okay, yeah. well, hold on. Before and we give him his flowers, can we? I, I want to give you your flower because he's gonna get he's gonna get his flowers. I always, I always try to give you props for getting this so that we can all be together. That's why he's but blue. I do want to echo a couple of things Ryan was saying, if I can. Uh, before, before, like we even really, really got to know each other. Probably the first thing I remember. After I met you when we were younger, in our twenties, maybe, is Ryan made a comment once. We had—I don't know if we had played together or maybe we were in the same league. But Ryan made a comment to me that you probably regret saying if you said it now, which was like, "Yo, H like he likes your game. He wants to play with you." <laughs> I don't know if you've ever said that or not, because now you probably regret it, right? All the time no, 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 we played no. together, right? Did you say that? I did say that. You did say I did that. Say that. 
You did say that? Yeah. I said it because back then you played your part. You didn't try to do anything more. You didn't try to do anything less. You did what you were supposed to do. Back then, you made a lot of layups. I don't know what made happened. a lot of layups. I don't then. know what happened. Well, so, all the times he caps on you for missing layups, he still appreciates you. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're the one that moves around and does all the shit. You're, you're, you're constantly moving. You're grabbing rebounds. You know, you're throwing your body out there. My point is, is actually that, like, the first impression I had of you, even way back then, was that you were complimentary. And, this, and it's not something that you said to me. It's something you said to my boy. And I trusted him. And he said, I'm like, oh. You know, because like when you're younger, you kind of grapple a little bit with confidence or whatever. So when you do hear, and a lot of times too, you don't give people compliments either. At, you know, especially when you're playing hoops, right? Like you're you just don't get compliments. you don't get compliments. Yeah, you don't. Not even like growing up where we grew up, you don't get compliments generally, right? So like to hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like this guy. I'm gonna tell right? you why I gave you the compliment too. You weren't playing my position. If you were playing a point guard, I wouldn't give you shit. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so. I wanted to bring that up in context, though, because, like, I think uh, I, always, I always viewed you as just being a, a, a likable person, right? Whether I knew you very closely, because I don't think we really had a close relationship, actually, until we all really started hanging. Right. Candidly, till like, we play in leagues, we'd always be friendly, right? And I got to know you playing with you and against you in that way. Yeah. Maybe we hung out. Maybe, like, I wasn't in the leagues as much as Ryan was. So then when we did start playing together... You just, I feel like, or like after I saw you at Phil's, invited you to play with us, I feel like you just naturally fit in. Like just, it was like pretty easy, not just on the team, but just like afterwards, which is what we always do. We go to eat, we go to somebody's house, we're on the bench, we're shooting the shit, we're talking shit, we're, you know, we're giving each other crap, all right? Like yeah, you're pretty it, comfortable doing that. And shout, and shout out to Jen too. Yeah. yeah. He naturally fit in as a couple. Right, like organically. No, seriously. Actually, if you remember, it took me a while, but she was the one that pushed me Mm. because she was like, "Hey, she was there when, yeah, yeah." Yeah. And she was like, "Hey, how come you you don't hang out with these guys after the game?" And honestly, because of my previous relationship, it was. I have it. It was a natural. It yeah. was embedded yeah. in your head. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, gotta go home. Yeah, gotta get yeah. home, right? And then she was like, "Let's let's hang out with them." And I was like, "All right." And then yeah, when we did, it was like, "Fuck, this is." Did we go to this is dope. We went to retro junkies? Well, and on that note, I was going to say retro junkies needs to sponsor this show because really, we single handedly as a group kept them alive. <laughs> Yeah. For the better part of what, the last six, right. seven years? Retro played an integral part in, yeah. in a lot. Definitely. So I just want to leave, though, with, like, uh, when I was asking you about what, why you think people, like, stick with you over time, my impression is because uh, you're trustworthy and not judgmental and just easygoing. And it's almost like therapy. At least in my experience, whenever I've come to the shop, or even when we hang out, I feel like I could share. Like to your point, I can yeah. just share what's going on without judgment. Like we'll give each other shit, but like that makes yeah. us feel better, you know. So we're not. I'm not wallowing in self pity, right? It's like oh, I'm going through the same thing, bro. Like here's what happened with me and my family or kid or whatever, right? Like so, I feel like like I don't. Know, I just wanted to commend you on that. To be Thank honest, you, man. because I could see like just the other day when I was here and you, you know Bobby, shout out Bobby was here. Like how'd you guys get together? And he shared the story and it and even while he was here he was sharing a lot of personal stuff and I just met him and so to hear him do that with you I think that speaks volumes about 
like you're just you're a good person you're a person someone can trust and you know they're not they just feel comfortable you know you have the inviting spirit basically that's all it is like you have you mentioned it when you're in the Burlingame shop you're like this isn't what I want to do I need to connect with the people and that right there was when you already envisioned what you have here now Mm -hmm. and that's why the people followed you yeah because it's your it's what you embedded in yourself you were like no I need to connect because this is what I need yeah because for me I always felt like when I was introverted I always felt like I was left out yeah so like I know what it feels like to be left out so I never wanted anybody else to feel what I felt I don't ever want anybody to feel like they're they're being left out so I always try to welcome them in feel like they're a part of the group in some way right in any type of way just feel welcome yeah yeah I'm gonna just say before we move on um, when Peaches was saying that that was the strongest eye contact I've ever seen from you you look right into his soul as you were giving him those words I appreciate that I do too. Shout out, shout out, peaches. Peaches, 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 Sweetie Todd, the dream AKA barber, yellow man, yellow man. No, 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 you yellow. can't give me that. AKA, AKA yellow fever. That, that, that was all jokes. That was all jokes. AKA mellow yellow. That was all jokes. That was not. That but was let's not keep this pushing. And um... oh yeah, is from running all the courts SF to the town. Dad pause, now we just running our mouths. Barbershop talk, rocking the spot. Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot. Lifelong bond has the convos flow. Time just goes, constant growth. Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs. Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half.